I used to sit in the preschool in tears. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. <laughs> Dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. This is our time, time to chat about the things that make our brains tick. It's not the time to be thinking about what to cook for dinner or whether you've washed the ballet uniform in time for class tomorrow. It's time to spend with parents just like you and have a bit of a laugh and a thought-provoking conversation. No pressure to my current guests who are Ella Walsh from Babyology and social researcher Nia Korn. Welcome to you both. Hello. And um, today we're going to be talking about whether non-parents should have the same work flexibility as parents, how housework is divided fairly in your home or not, and a thing that makes you feel like a good parent. First though, is it time to give Book Week the old heave-ho? Book Week is ages away. I get a note home from school that gives me six months warning so I can make a costume that impresses all the other parents. What do you mean there's been a note? I haven't seen a note. If it's in the bottom of your bag, go and get your school bag. What is this? This year's Book Week will be held in the third week of August. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. Book Week is tomorrow. (laughs) Sorry, that's Christian Hull. I cannot resist having a bit of Christian Hull. He's very funny. And of course, he was making fun of the stress that some parents feel during book week because many have been whipping out the glue gun, mashing together costumes for book week, staying up late, stressing out that their kid's costume won't be ready in time. Uh, And apparently it's all in aid of promoting reading. But is it really necessary? Book week can be expensive, especially if you don't have time to make the costume. Um, Couldn't someone just read read a book instead in front of of the school? So I'm interested to know whether you think Book Week should be banned and if it should, what would you put in its place? Ella? I have a soft spot for Book Week. Um, Having worked in (laughs) publishing for a long time, 12 years, um, Book Week is kind of my jam. Um, So I definitely don't think it should be banned. Uh, Maybe the costume focus could be toned down a little bit, but again... My kids either went to really slacker daycares or primary schools because it wasn't that big a deal. We had a librarian who was, you know, princess of the library kingdom. Her name was Princess Elliot. And, you know, she helped kids choose books. And the costume thing was something out of the dress-up box at home. You know, we might have gone and made a, I don't know, bow and arrow out of the garden to, you know, polish the costume. But it was just not the thing that people got really worked up about but we did also have pajama day crazy hair day orange t-shirt day you know it was just one more of those things I like book week I think it is um the week where there is a focus on children's literature um and stories and good stories really championed at school and at daycare and at home and one week in the year is that such a bad thing can I just insert here that um there was a parent at our school who last year did Snail on the Whale and mm. the, the older child was the whale and the younger <laughs> child was the snail. It was so beautiful mm. and I felt very inadequate. But, hey, that was my problem, not hers. Nia, how do you feel about Book Week? Well, it's very difficult to be in a position to argue against reading <laughs> and books for children because what could be more wonderful than that? But I guess the question becomes how stressful does it become for some parents? And it really does because it is a competition and even amongst the older kids, they're very aware 
of what other kids have. In fact, I remember talking to older kids about Mufti days generally, and they said some of them got to a point where they didn't go to school because they're so conscious of what am I wearing? Is it right? Is it wrong? For some parents, it's really their limelight. Making costumes is what they <laughs> yes. live for. Yeah, but if you're not, it can be pretty stressful. So it would be nice maybe to give an option of some sort. Yeah, I don't know if options work because then you feel bad for not opting in. But the, speaking of um, people, you know, boycotting Mufti Day, we did have um, someone within the office circle who shall remain anonymous <laughs> who said she gave her son a mental health day yeah. to not go because he had a book week as much as she did. Yeah, yeah. I remember we had, they had the Easter egg parade and there was one ki- Easter hat parade and there was one kid who didn't have one for whatever reason. They yes. didn't get it together. They looked so miserable. And then Aww. we rummaged and we found something and their face lit up. The pressure is pretty enormous, <laughs> can be. Well, there was one boy at um, Darcy's Book Week this week. So they do the parade around the Asheville and then they come and say what, what, who they are and what book they're from. Mm. And this one little boy that everyone was saying, you know, Pippi Longstockings, blah, blah, blah. And this little boy came up and went... I am nothing, and sat down because he hadn't got a costume. And right. I'm like, that is that is really deep yeah. and sad. I know you didn't mean it I mean, to an be. an existential crisis through book week. <laughs> At no. least he didn't say, I'm a brief history of time. Or <laughs> that would have been impressive. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation, where we invite two parents into the studio to get their thoughts on the stories and events of the week. Today, I'm joined by Ella Walsh from Babyology and social researcher Nick corn. In just a moment, should adults without children get as much flexibility at work as parents? I am so sick of these people with their children. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. Sitting next to me in first class, eating at the next table at John Shook. Look at that. This place is for double cappuccinos, not double strollers. A US company called Nina Hale has in- introduced a new type of leave um, that the I think the press were calling fraternity leave, which is where an employee can take a week off to help settle a new pet into their home. Um, but if this is not a common occurrence, which is why it's in the media, most extra leave comes from having a family, or it seems to be to me. And while workplaces are still trying to catch up with parents' needs for flexibility, are they matching their ex- their efforts with flexibility for adults without children? As a parent, I know that I need flexibility for school events, for them getting sick, that sort of thing. But is it fair that I get that kind of time where someone with kids doesn't? Nia, what do you think about that? Well, I can tell you what people without kids have to say about it. And I spoke to them about what is the biggest issue in your life. And they say it's work-life balance. And I'm thinking, let's talk again in five years' time when you really have to think about... But what they say is a pretty compelling argument that the work has no problem invading their home life. And they're expected to do things in the evenings, on weekends, emails come in, texts, they have to do things. They say, what about my passions? Why can't they invade the workspace to some degree? And I think that's a pretty good argument. Um, Obviously, parents have to have the flexibility and it's really... um, It is grossly unfair when workplaces make them beg for things like sick children or volunteering the canteen or whatever else is part and course of life. But I can also see a really good argument for other people 
um, now that the workplace has invaded everyone's home life, maybe the workplace has to give a bit and allow people, if your passion is, say, knitting and there's a knitting competition, geez, go off on Thursday morning and do it. That's your thing. Otherwise, it can build a degree of resentment, I guess. What do you think, Ellen? I think that most workplaces these days strive to be flexible and, yeah, parents get to play the family card, um, but usually because it is really pressing. You know, they're not taking time off to just hang out at a coffee shop or make with costumes for Book Week. <laughs> or make costumes for Book Week, <laughs> exactly. Some, some may have this work. That flexibility usually comes from a really pressing need from within the family, a sick child or a sick caregiver or, you know, something that's actually extenuating and really urgently needs to be addressed. Flexibility is exactly that. You You are being flexible around other people's needs and I think that definitely can extend to um, employees that do not have children that are dependent on them. But it doesn't need to be built in every single day. You know, at the end of the day, if you, you're employed to do a job and if you are able to rock up at nine o'clock and work till five o'clock, then you should. And that should be the same for parents or non-parents. Um, yeah, we're all grown ups and we're all living adult lives and things happen and we all try to be accommodating and compassionate. So unless you're working in a workplace with 14-year-old students who, you know, are finding every excuse under the sun not to turn up, most people understand what their obligation to work is and they put that first and take it seriously. So, you know, I think there's flexibility that needs to go in every direction um, because everyone understands that, you know, you do actually have to turn up to be paid <laughs> to support that family. You know, it... it yeah. I had a, f- a friend who, um, it might be might be dependent on your industry as well, because mm. both Ella and I work in industries which is about media for families, so mm-hmm. it'd be very unusual if we worked for places in that space that didn't allow some flexibility, and near you work for yourself, so I hope you give yourself some family <laughs> well, my, leave my when you need it. My boss is a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> so is his employee, by the way. So. <laughs> a, a friend of mine um, who is my age, but without kids, works in um, kind of the commercial commercial world and she works hugely long hours and we were talking um, just the other weekend and she said she was at a meeting where um, this person said I've got a window from 6 till 8pm at night and they needed this third person to come in and they said he can't come in and he's got other commitments and she said what's that and said oh he's got a family and she was like well why between 6 and 8 do I have to be available which technically is outside of working hours Mm. But he doesn't because he's got a family. And it just made me think there's flexibility that workplaces are trying to achieve. And then there's social expectations that we have of people maybe sometimes in different industries. There are also industries where um, bums on seats is expected. You know, um, people who are kind of in the legal fraternity often, you know, going, I've got to do 18 hours a day. You know, I've got to be seen in the office and I have to be kind of logging those hours. And... I think, you know, their flexibility or idea of flexibility just goes out the window and they're actually just burning themselves out to put work first, but in a way that just makes them visible. So I'm assuming they're going to get that promotion or whatever the goal is for them. Um, And the other side, other end of the spectrum is people who work in jobs where 
they can only do their job in the workplace, you know, factory settings or nurses, you know, postmen or pilots, exactly. Yes. And so flexibility. Sorry, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> flexibility there is then just a whole different beast. You know, you either just don't turn up to work at all, i.e. take a sick day or, a, you know, personal leave day. You can't have it both ways. So I suppose it really is dependent on what your job is. What industry you're in. You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are Ella Walsh from Babyology and social researcher Nia Korn. Next, how do you make sure the domestic load is divided up evenly in your house? Well, that's not fair. This stuff might not seem like a big deal, but it chips away at you. And also, you have to start pulling your weight around here. It's not babysitting if they're your kids. Housework is seen sometimes as an invisible type of labour, not just because it's unpaid and done behind closed doors, but also because it can easily be taken for granted. This week, I asked uh, my friends on Facebook how they make the domestic load sorry, the domestic work that they do around the house visible to the par- their partners. And they had a few interesting ideas. Um, quite a few said they went on strike, which I must admit has occasionally crossed my mind. Uh, and I'm curious to know how my guests today divide the housework fairly in their home or how they make it visible so people can appreciate it. Ella, your kids are um, quite a bit older now. Mm-hmm. And from memory... I mean, you might, you probably have lovely children, but from memory, I wasn't very appreciative of the work my parents did to keep the house clean. What do you do in your home? Well, um, I suppose we do share the load. Um, they are teenagers. And um, when we, we've sort of gone past the pocket money days, um, but I always had this rule that you didn't get pocket money for keeping your room tidy or emptying the dishwasher or putting away the washing or what have you, because that was just part of family life. You know, they each had some jobs to do um, each week and they would get pocket money on Sunday night. um, But the minimum expectation was that the room would be tidy on Sunday night. It could be just gradually getting worse and worse during the week, but come Sunday (laughs) night, it needed to be tidy. And if I asked them to do something, they just couldn't kind of gripe about it. Um, And that has kind of continued and worked well. We did have one long winter when the dishwasher died and I just refused to buy a new one because we'd had a whole lot of other things going on. And they were about 10, 11 at that stage and they still talk about that long winter, (laughs) long dark winter without the dishwasher because they had to take it in turns to wash up after dinner. I cook, someone else cleans up and it was their turn to do that. And so they really never complain about the dishwasher, even now. Like, it is a joy. <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> to take so, it out. So, you know, the, the, sharing, the sharing gets easier as they get older. And when they were really little and it really fell to me and my partner, um, I did do most of it. But once when I kind of really spat the dummy, it's like, I'm not a slave, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. He kind of looked around and went, yeah, but it just irritates you faster than it irritates me. You know, I would get to it, except you do it all before I get that opportunity. And I kind of had to own that. So I had to let some of it go, relax about some of it, and invent the list. 
You know, if I want him to do something, he's a very willing Indian. He's not a chief. You know, so we make a list and I'll plant the seed, you know, hey, on the weekend, could we do this? And actually the we is code for him, but he, <laughs> he kind of digests it for a little while. It's interesting. We, um, I think a lot of people experience that idea that one partner is more invested in having a tidy home than the other, because I would say that's definitely the case in our abode. What's it like for you, Nir? Well, I can confirm that that's the case in most households, including mine. And I wish we could divide up the idea of housework because it's not longer an ideological battle. There's no men saying that's a woman's job because he wouldn't stay married for too long. (laughs) But it's more about um, taking those roles on. So when it comes to children, for example, bathing, feeding, all that, you find men do quite a lot of that. When it comes to cleaning, that is the last bastion, I think. And that's where the argument really is, whose version of a clean sink is the worthwhile one. Because what women say is, yes, they do it all, they're frustrated, etc. but they recognise that they're the ones who like it much neater. The men say, you know, it's very disheartening to do something and then have it criticised. And so they just bow out and the women step up front. And I think the cleaning is the last bastion we have of roles. But it's not ideological, so it's not like the men don't recognise. They don't see it all. But can I can I just, you know, play devil's advocate sure. here? Well not really, because this is my opinion, so I'm not trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be empathetic at all. Don't you think sometimes though, in some partnerships one, you know, I don't want to generalise, but sometimes people pretend they can't do something very well so that they don't have to do it all. I had a friend who said mm. to me once, I said something about how I wasn't a very good cook, and he went, ah, oh, that's a bit like me saying I can't iron my shirts. Yeah. Because when I say I can't and my wife does a better job, she does it all the time. And I was like, ah, sneaky. That was not what I was thinking with the cooking. But, you know, don't you yeah. think – I mean, take, for example – folding away clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm quite particular, particularly now that I've managed to do something with our cupboards that makes them look much tidier. I have this thing now where I want things to go in their place. I had labels that were pictures on the drawers and somehow the undies still ended up in the yeah. long pants drawer. I'm like, there are pictures, yeah. people. Yeah. Husband. It wasn't the kids. It just doesn't cross his mind like it does really? yours. And that's the great but frustration. Pants. And he would say, who cares? Who cares? You could find them. He They're cares. There or here. He cares when he right. can't find them. And it's like, where is that thing? And I'm like, well, if you put it yeah. back where it belongs. I'm not suggesting it's okay. I'm <laughs> saying it's just, it's an unresolvable last issue. Right. Okay. And, and also the person who takes the lead can kind of end up being a bit dictatorial. There's nothing you know? wrong with that, Ella. Come on. If you want a well-run home. <laughs> well, I suppose that's the thing. If you want a well-run home, then yeah, maybe you have to be a dictator. But how well-run does it need to be? Mm. Truly, um, you know, in the end, the undies in the long pants drawer, is anyone going to die? Probably not. No, but the- it's going to take half an hour to find it. But only if you're six months old. Like, people do have <laughs> arms, legs and eyes, you know, and so I'm their pain, you don't have to take husband. their pain on. Um, All right, you, you know, just let them flap about and absolutely. go, well, you can't, I've you heard, can't find it. Then- but the point about kind of whoever does it, let them do it, 
It, it goes in reverse too, because men, of course, their last bastion is mowing the lawn. Mm. And they have a sense of, oh, this is a man's job, as if a woman can't mow a lawn. Mm. But what the women say is, that's the illusion he's under, and I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> he can just take, he can <laughs> go take ahead, that, do it. go mow the lawn. Unless, of course, you have one of those, a, a massive yard and a ride on lawn. Oh, I want everyone, one. Everyone wants yeah. one of those, don't they? But it's about the size of a pool table. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you need several dozen acres. Okay, well, let's uh, move on to the next topic, which is our last one for today. And that is, what is the thing you do that makes you feel like a good parent? I don't know. Being a parent's a lot of work. Learning to be a good parent takes time. I'm an actual mom. I got this. No, I am the father That last example is obviously a father (laughs) not doing a good job. Uh, And parents are pretty good at putting themselves down, and um, I think particularly mums. But I also think we all have a special talent, something that we do that we think, actually, I am the best at this. I am giving my child something amazing. And I'm wondering what is the one thing that makes you feel like a good parent. Please feel free to add more in if you're just like superhuman. Nia, what is it that you have that makes you a good parent? I think it's a really great question because you're right, nobody gives parents pats on the back. So, But for me, it's really a couple of things. One is when I really listen. And I guess my job is to listen to people. But when he can tell that I'm gone to his level, he's talking, he feels heard, I feel really good about that. And the other, of course, is when he does anything kind, kind-hearted, and you go, that's all me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I trained him to do that. That's that's why you do get that beautiful sense of, wow, that's something we talk about a lot and here it is in action and he means it. And that's a sign when you look back, you go, wow, that is beautiful. When my kids do that, I'm like, who are you and where did you put my (laughs) children? Who taught you those lessons? (laughs) Ella, how about you? Going to the Tiger Lily warehouse sale? Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that. Um, I suppose the... It's not a one thing, but I suppose the thing that I think, you know, kind of ups my good mum game is actually doing things when I don't want to. (laughs) Like coming home from work and being tired and the easiest thing would be to just go, we're having leftovers. But I had a plan in the morning to make dinner and it's all there and there's no reason not to, so I do. You know, it's, it's kind of just pushing through a little bit to give people that stuff and you know with older kids who who don't have to have dinner on the table at you know seven o'clock every single night you could just get a pass on that um I do still make my daughter's school lunch and so many people ask me why why are you still making school lunches she's in year 12 and I said well because I never grew up with school lunches I hated having to think about the food myself all the time it's like the one thing I can do for her that kind of demonstrates love in the cut and thrust of year 12, which is hideous, by the way. Um, (laughs) So, you know, the the good mum thing, I suppose, is doing those things that, you know, I hate looking at food first thing in the morning, but I do it for her because I love her and she appreciates it because she knows I hate doing it. (laughs) I love that. Um, But also, you know, yesterday we did just suddenly jump in the car and go spontaneously to a warehouse sale because... Because I knew it would be fun, you know. Did I absolutely want to do it on a Thursday night? No. But I knew, you know, you make those memories only in the moment. You know, you can't plan every single thing. Um, 
And can I just say what I think you mm. did was a really great mum moment, and what? we've talked about it before. Oh, but <laughs> it was a time when they couldn't go to Luna Park oh. to get their show bags. Used to show. You took them to Disneyland. No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, much better than you're, that. You're quite right. This is probably my absolute gold standard good mum moment. <laughs> I was meant to take them to the Easter show. They were very little. Like the youngest would have been in a stroller, and I was all geared up to take them on my own. Three small children, and the day was pouring with rain, and I knew we couldn't go. And when I took my, picked up my son from school, it was like the Friday of, you know, before Easter. It was the, oh, Thursday. It was like the full catastrophe. And I said, we can't go to the Royal Easter show. And he just, you know, Whoa. he was six and he put himself to bed, you know, just, just so upset. And um, I said to him, what is it that you're really upset about not Seeing and he went, it's the show bags. <laughs> you know, it was really not about anything else. It was just all the sweets. And I went, okay. So I piled the three kids in the car and we went up to the supermarket and we I gave each of them a little shopping you know basket and I took them to the lolly aisle without any explanation. And I just went, do your worst. Wow. And they. Beautiful were running up and down the aisle so excited. They were so young they didn't understand they actually could have just swiped the entire aisle. You know, they're picking and choosing and they kept telling strangers, my mum said we can make our own show bags. <laughs> and then they came home. I think I got out of it for $70 between the three of them. And um, they, you know, divvied it all up and they were making their own little bags and I dined out on that <laughs> So long. That is beautiful. I love that yeah. story. I'm glad you didn't tell them the pet food aisle. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, what a lovely spot to end this. Uh, they were both lovely stories. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom and experience. I, I kind of want to take my kids to the lolly aisle now, yeah. even though they're not disappointed about anything. Can we do Just that? to let loose sometime. Yeah. Oh, that, yes. Well, that's the thing. It's kind of giving kids those experiences that they do not expect. Well, you yeah. do all the rules, don't you? Mm -hmm. What you eat, when you eat, have they got enough kale yeah. or quinoa? And <laughs> just go for it. When we my be kids fun. were little, seriously, one of the highlights, most exciting moments of the of the whole kind of calendar would be when Dad suddenly made pancakes for dinner because mm. uh, he was pancakes on Sunday, like yeah. for breakfast. We were suddenly having them on a Wednesday night for dinner. Yeah. They're, like that would be news at school. <laughs> and, and dad, dad uses that. So Ella's got the healthy meals that she keeps mm -hmm. cooking for dinner. Dad That's says, right. I made right. pancakes That's on right. Wednesday. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm going to take that and uh, bank it for when I next let my children down. Ella, Nia, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank Pleasure. you. Thanks. That was Ella Walsh from Babyology and social researcher Nia Korn. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.